book of First Kings. We are most in the end of the book. In First Kings chapter 21, if you go there in your Bibles, First Kings chapter 21. And let's read a few verses the Lord has for us tonight here. First Kings chapter 21. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying going through the book of 1 Kings. It's a great book. We've got a lot of good practical lessons here. But look what it says in verse 1. Excuse me. And it says, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the, the Jezreelite, I'm sorry, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the, the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for, for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if and then uh, seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said unto Ahab, The Lord forbid, forbiddeth me that I should give, give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house, heavy and displeased, because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay him down upon his bed, and turned away his face, and would eat not bread. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. I just pray, Lord, as we look deep into the, or try to dissect this, pas this passage, Lord, just uh, give me the words to teach tonight, and also, Lord, teach me as I teach. And, Lord, I pray for those, if anyone here never received Jesus as the, the personal Savior, may tonight, Lord, call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Before we start it, you know, do you ever heard of the Poochie Lip Disease? The Poochie Lip Disease. <laughs> There's a song that goes, the Poochie Lip Disease. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Pirate was was uh, sing that song, the Poochie Lip Disease. My, my kids, uh, when they when we were small and they were crying, we would uh, would uh, sing the Poochie Lip Disease, and to, through tears become laughter laughter many times. <laughs> they would could start laughing because of the Poochie Lip Disease. We used to sing that to them. Well, that's what happened to uh, Ahab right here. He went home like with a tail between his legs and went home because he heard the word. No. Now, let me put it this way. All right, we're all adults here, all right? We're all adults here, okay? Even in the sound room, we're all adults here, right? Okay, we're all adults, okay? Online, mostly adults here. All right, do you like to hear the word no? Would you like somebody to say to you no? <laughs> At least it's sincere. Many people don't like to hear the word no. May I have a piece of your sandwich? No. Nope. Follow that? May I use your car to go there? No. Nope. Some of us <laughs> don't like to hear the word no. Okay? How do you feel when somebody tells you no? How do you feel? All right. I think this is going to be a Sunday school lesson tonight. <laughs> How do you feel somebody tells you no? You get mad? You get angry? You're displeased? Well, why don't you repeat yourself 
two or three times, and the answer is always no, no, and no. And we, we say to our kids, I said no, and that's the answer. And why? Because I said so. <laughs> it's not always as parents, because I said so. You know? So how do you react when someone tells you no? Unfortunately, there are many people who don't react very nicely when someone tells them no. They don't react very nicely. To them, it's like a slap in the face. How dare you say no to me? You offended me. How dare you? I do this for you, definitely. Why would you say no to me? That's the reaction. Many people. The words no actually makes people feel inferior. Actually, it is a word that they don't like to hear. Many people don't like to hear that. Unfortunately, some don't react very well to the word no. Well, there he goes. Tomorrow, we're going to be all, uh, um, what do you call that? Um, um, uh, now, detectives is the word. Tomorrow, we're going we're gonna to start asking people the word no and see how people react. I mean, it is, it, it's a very common thing. A lot of people don't like the word no. Some people don't, don't say anything. But others don't like the word no. So some people, when, when are addressed with the word no, no react, uh, they react in a very, uh, you see, some of them react in a very rude way. What do you mean no? Why are you telling me no? So they even get their voice, you know. Some people go to extreme measures on this. Right? That's what happened to Ahab here, right? He heard no. No way. And what he does. He goes home with a puchy lip disease, doesn't eat, so somebody can feel bad for him. And who comes along? Evil Jezebel. And even Jezebel says, aren't you king and you're not the king of Israel? What are you doing laying in there? Don't worry, I'll take care of this. Wow. I wonder who the pens in that house. Okay? So, well, tonight I want you to look at a man who pretty much had Anything that he wanted because he was the king, of course. But he was a, he was a king who like, we, we acted like a little kid who would run to mama when someone said, no, uh, you, could not, you cannot have that toy. You see kids in the playground? Mommy, mommy, I can't, I can't have that toy. It's not your toy. Oh, but it's my. Because kids like this, they take possession. You ever been in the playground? Here comes your kid with five toys. Drops it in the, play, in the sandbox, walks away, comes back. Somebody already owned those things. And if you could try to take it, guess what? It's a, it's a battle of life in there. You know, and the tears coming down and all that. Well, Ahab went home and went cried to mama because, you know what? Somebody said no to him and he didn't like it. So, <laughs> let me put it this way. In our daily lives, we make choices right that could affect us for the rest of our lives and for all eternity like if you hit today and you make a choice to say no to jesus that no can take you to hell because that's your no okay the choice you make every day in friends listen to this music clothes reading materials Internet browsing, text messaging, etc., may seem trivial on the surface. Those things could damage the course of your life, or in my life, and same thing here, because I'm human as well. 
Uh, your decision about, listen to this, sex, drugs, alcohol, and things of that nature will change your, our, your life in ways that we can never imagine. You know, we need to say no to some of those things. You know, here comes the alcohol. Here comes this. Here comes that. And you say no to whom? To yourself. And yourself is not going to like it. Been there? Uh, the temptation is there. No. Self wants to, but you restrain self. You say no. Self don't like it. So, your spirit decisions are the most important of all. Will you receive Jesus? Is the answer yes or no? Will you live a godly life? Is the answer yes or no? Will you place his life, uh, uh, I mean, his will above all things in your life? Yeah, what's the answer, yes or no? Will you pray, read your Bible, and be a witness for Jesus? The answer is yes or no. All of the questions, are, uh, I'm sorry, all the questions and more are extremely important because the answer is yes or no, it shapes the way we live our lives. So our passage introduces us to a man who was faced with the decision that either way he chose would bring great consequences to him. All right. This man right here, the king came to him, and he was faced with a decision. Either way, it was going to bring consequences to him. Ever been there? You're going to make a decision. Either way you decide, you're going to have kinds of consequences. So we, too, are faced with these, those types of choices sometimes. His name was Nabot right here, which means fruit, his name. He lived in Jezreel. Nabot owned a vineyard that was situated beside the summer palace of the Ahab, the king of Israel. We see this in verse 1. And verse 2 tells us that Ahab wanted Nabot's vineyard and offered to trade him a better vineyard or to pay him cash for, uh, uh, for the vineyard. You could say, well, you know, that's a decent thing. Okay. He wanted a trade or he wanted to buy. Anything wrong with that? Anything wrong with that? No. I can go to you and say, oh, you have a nice car outside. You want to sell it? I can trade my car for yours or I can buy it. Give me the price, I'll buy it. Is anything wrong with that? No. What is wrong is if the person said no, it's not for sale. And the way you react. You know, if you react in a bad way, you go throw rocks at the car. Oh, that's not good. You see, it's the reaction. How you receive the word. No, it's not for sale. Don't worry, I don't want trades. I don't want you to... Buy me or offer anything, it's not for sale. And you go outside and throw a rock at the car. That's a bad reaction. Or you go home cry to mama like Ahab did. So, <laughs> so, uh, so the king, of course, wanted to make a garden out of the thing. So he, he made an offer to him. So now, I want you to look at Nabal's refusal, to, refusal tonight. I want you to talk, uh, I want to talk about the reason why Nabot said no to Ahab. There are some folks in our world, let me tell you this, that from time to time uh, uh, do, do take away what we, uh, we have, in, or try to take away what we have in the Lord, and our answer got to be no. When they come to us with their plans and ideas, we need to be able to say the answer is no. So let's look at this lesson from several points tonight, okay? Number one, we see the description. The description. The Bible gives us this story about a man named Nabot, Nabot uh, 
Well, uh, well, sometimes in, in the scripture we get a little view of people's lives. Sometimes not really that much. But in our text we get a view of this man who possesses vineyard. It is interesting that uh, we go from uh, Elijah and Elijah last week and suddenly the Lord just puts here this little story about a simple man. In the midst of all this thinking that goes on in the book of 1 of, uh, Kings, he puts this little story. I mean, if you read the book of 1 Kings, it seems like this thing is insignificant. You're like, why in the world the Lord puts this thing here? You know why? I'll tell you why. You here? You ready? God wants us to see and to take a look how wicked men's heart can be. And now we see the heart of a king here, how wicked he really is. Not only him and his wife too. The Lord wants us to see that. Okay? So, letter A, we see Naboth's uh, possession. Look what it says in verse 1. Naboth, the Jezreelite, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard. So we are told that Naboth had a vineyard. This vineyard had been passed down to him by his fathers. He had been in his, fa- has been in his family since Israel has been given possession of the, of the promised land. This land had been in the family for generations. It was more... Uh, that, uh, uh, then as inheritance, it was, it was an heritage to him. It was valuable. It's, well, I'll put it like this. It's, it's beyond value to him. It's something dear to his heart. I'll tell you this way. All right. Here's somebody in my family that I love very, 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 very much. Okay? His name is my grandfather, Manny, and my grandmother, Maria. And then my mother and my father. I have sweet memories. I learned so much with them. You know the only thing I have about, about my grandmother, my grandfather? A little three-by-three picture, three-by-six picture of, of both of them. That's the only thing that I possess of my grandmother, my grandfather. You come to me and ask me to sell that thing. I don't care what money you try to offer me. I would not sell that thing. You know why? Because that thing is precious to me. It's, it's beyond precious. It's, it's, it's of great, great value to me. So the answer would be always no. <laughs> so, I mean, it's right there. If you walk in my house, look at my library, it's right there. You won't miss it. Okay, so it was a prime real estate, of course, this piece of land here. Somewhere along the way, the king of Israel had built his palace next door. This was, this was the most elite neighborhood in town, I believe. Nobody in Samaria had a better possession than neighbor. Uh, his, his vineyard was next to the king's palace. So this man was the king that uh, was King Ahab's neighbor. What about that? I think about it. What about that? Have Nabot and Jezebel for neighbors. That's, that's something, isn't it? That is, gr- that is great. I like, like the wicked Jezebel. Well, okay. <laughs> what about that? Nothing better than that. So now, you and I have... Some, uh, something that is not for sale, neither for trade. You and I have been given a wonderful inheritance by those who have gone before us. It is no accident that you are here today. We have a wonderful inheritance. The church history through the ages all the way to today, and we are part of God's church. It's a wonderful inheritance, isn't it? I believe it is. I'm glad I'm part of God's family. I'm, I'm glad I'm part, of, I, I'm, I'm part of the bride of Christ. I'm glad I, I'm been used of the Lord. Oh, it's a wonderful inheritance. So you have, you have our, local, our local church. Of course, does it matter if we own or rent the building? It doesn't matter. 
The church is not for sale, neither for tra trading places. The church you attend is prime real estate, folks, given to you as an inheritance from the generations that have given, gone bef come before us. When we stop to think about what we have, the Word of God, old-fashioned preaching, spirit-filled worship, holy living, etc., it is easy to see that we have been given a precious heritage. Don't we? Just the very Bible that we have. The old KJV Bible. Oh, what a wonderful Bible. Yeah. Read it, study, memorize it, live it. It's a good piece to have. Isn't it? Right. I believe it is. Let it be we see Nabod's profession. Look at verse 1. Nabod the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel. So, it is interesting that the Bible takes... Uh, takes from Elijah, like I said, to this little story. What is the purpose, like I said, of this little story? It is to display the heart of a wicked man. The Bible says that the heart of man is what? Desperately wicked. Yeah. i tell you, folks. Sometimes we hear stories. We hear about crimes. We hear about things. And we say, I cannot believe these people did that. Hear me well, okay? All of us have the same potential to do even worse. You say, no way. Yes, it is because we have wicked hearts. We can do that or even worse. Because the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. You can know it. You know? And praise the Lord for people that go to those places, those jails, and go witness to those people that commit those type of crimes. We have a missionary that does that. So, Nabed worked in his vineyard. He raised grapes to provide a living for himself and for his family. He must have done a good job for maintaining his vineyard because it caught the eyes of the king. As Ahab passed by, by in his chariot, he must have admired the well-attended lands, and he wanted for himself. You know, it is, it is like this guy. He has everything he wants. He sees this little piece. Oh, I want that. And he goes to extremes to get what he wants. So note this, we need to take advantage of what we have been given. Don't take service like this for granted, okay? Thank God for your Bible. Thank God for your church. Thank God for your preacher. Thank God for your salvation. Thank God for your church family. Thank the Lord for the people that love you in this place. Learn to worship God and praise Him for all He has given us. That's a precious thing. You know how many people walk in this world, they, they, and they walk and they think nobody cares about them, that nobody loves them? Ain't that wonderful to feel loved and to be loved? Thank the Lord for the people that you know and love you. Like Nabot, we, we have an obligation to take what we have been given and make it the best it can be for the glory of the Lord. So that vineyard... Probably was very well taken care of and kept up. You know what? It caught the eye of somebody. You know what? The church should be the same way. Good and presentable. So when people come and see, they say, wow. The word out of their mouth should be, wow. Because we do it out not for, to make ourselves look good. It's for the Lord. The glory goes to Him. May we take care of God's house this way. Let us see, we see Nabod's protection. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things, and Nabod, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by, 
by the palace of king of Ahab, the king of Samaria. So as Naboth tilted and worked the land, he knew that that in, in reality it was merely a, a, a he was a caretaker. Oh, oh, the land was his, but not for long. And it was his to work, but more importantly, it was his project right here. He had the responsibility of making sure that land would be handed to his son, to his children, and to his great-grandchildren the next generation to come by. Let me put it this way too. We, we, we individually, we carry a wonderful inheritance. What is that? Christianity. Salvation. We have the responsibility to pass the baton to whom? The next generation. So they can pass it to the next generation. Amen. You know, it's, well, but everybody's going this way. Then you go that way. But stand up for what is right and true. See, we need to take care of this, and that's the way God has set it up. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says, And the things that I has heard of me, that's Paul speaking, among many witnesses, the same Look what it says, committed thou to faithful men, you shall be able to teach others also. You see, it's not coming to church to come to church. Why, we, why, we, okay, let me put it this way. Why, why do I come to church? Why do you come to church? Oh, I want to, I'll go to church to worship the Lord. Yes, that's true. I, will come, uh, I come to church to be encouraged. Yeah, that's true. I come to church to what? To be a blessing to someone else. That's true. I come to church to learn. And to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ so I can teach what? Others. Isn't that correct? Did Jesus make 12 disciples? You see, it's just every sermon, every teaching lesson, everything is important for us to learn and grow in the things of the Lord. So we can pass it to the next generation. Okay, number two. We see the opportunity. Don't just... Don't you just love when you are doing your own thing, minding your own business, and you get that phone call, that knock on the door with someone trying to sell you something that they say it is a good deal to you, and you really don't want to miss it? You ever been there? <laughs> you get that phone call, and you and you distract and you call, and they try to sell you something in the phone, and it make you feel like you really need that thing. You know, they train on that thing, but they put your head upside down, okay? Or you, you go on the door, open the door, you got somebody at the door and make you feel that way. I remember years ago, uh, I don't know if my wife remembers that, this uh, young lady walk, knock on the door, and we open the door, and this young lady, she's trying to sell us an encyclopedia. Remember that? Whoa, did she go on and on? And I was like, we have an encyclopedia in the house, we don't even read it. She goes, but Dad, well, this one is better than this one. And you really want to, because we're going to stop publishing these things. You really need these things. And, you know, the guilt start coming in, and you're already trying to see, how can I buy this thing? Hey, you know, and the courage comes. I'm so, the courage comes from within and goes, I'm sorry. I have to say no. And you can see the poochy lip going up, trying to make you feel bad. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember that, right? I remember. <laughs> so. Well, this happened to neighbor right here. He's in his vineyard, minding his business, taking care of his grapes, making sure maybe he's counting the how many grapes he has in even and having a little thing in there. And here comes Ahab. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? Nice piece of vineyard you have over here. And you go like, hmm, 
the king is visiting me. I wonder what he wants. You know, so you begin to like kind of think twice about what's going on here. He was just there in the vineyard, minding his own business, doing his own thing. Then it, then it comes. Ahab comes to visit him with this great proposal. So, King Ahab comes from the palace with an offer to, to Nabot right here. He wants to buy the vineyard. Let's walk to the king's offer and learn that opportunity. That, that opportunity is not always what they appear to be. Okay? Now, uh, letter A, we see a royal opportunity. Look at look what it says. We, say, we already read verse 2 a couple of times. So, my grandpa used to say this way, okay? I don't know about you, what your grandpa used to say, okay? Okay. My grandpa used to say this. <laughs> when the offer is too good. That's what he said. Yeah. When the offer is too good. What did he say? I'm trying to translate to, to English. When the offer is too good, the poor man thinks twi- think twice. When the offer is too good to you, the poor man goes, hmm, is that so? <laughs> you question, you know, is that so? So now, but this offer came from the king himself. Who could refuse such an offer from the king? The king held a lot of power and a lot of influence. People typically did as they, the king requested. Get this. When presented with an offer, look at the source. By doing that, you can avoid many headaches in your life. Believe me. Not everyone is honest regardless what position in life they may hold. Follow that? There's a lot of people that self-interest when they try to sell you something. When they try, be careful. Let it be. We see a reasonable offer. One say that, that King Ahab was uh, being reasonable by making an offer to either trade or to buy the land. Let me put it this way. How many people would refuse that offer today? How many people would say, this guy is silly not to, not to accept that offer? Because the king was going to reward him greatly because he wanted the thing. He probably, uh, re- uh, uh, he could have just negotiated what Ahab offered. Oh, you want to give me this much? I want this much. How many people work that thing? Many would. But this guy would not. Let's look at the, a good opportunity. In verse, uh, let us see. This offer would have been uh, neighbor the opportunity to better himself. He would have been given a better piece of land probably. Or he could have, have named the price and the king would give him uh, the cash, uh, a good amount of cash for that property because he really wanted. Sometimes opportunities show up in our daily lives on which are too good to let it pass by. Because if we take them, it will definitely change the course of our lives. Okay? Get this. Many folks would have leaped on an offer like this one uh, that was made to neighbor. They would see this offer as an opportunity to cash good money in. But let me put it this way, folks. Money is not everything in life. You follow that? Money is not everything in life. People think if I had this much money, I would be wonderfully, I would have a wonderful life. You know what? With money comes headaches too. Follow that? Many times. So, I'll put it like this. Be content where you are. Listen, nothing wrong with money. Don't get me wrong here. If you have it and the Lord bless you with, good for you. Praise the Lord for that. But let me tell you, be content where you are. If the Lord give you much, be content. If the Lord give you less, be content. That's what the Lord wants us to be. 
So for some, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. For some, it's like winning the lottery right here. The transaction would have, would have pleased the king. It would have brought profit to Naboth. Uh, I just made, it, made sense on, it makes sense on the service. But Naboth, of course, the answer was no. So later, he was seeing an, an acceptable opportunity. So folks, sometimes, some, uh, sometimes are never, some things are never for sale, I'm sorry. Regardless how much money it is worth, or how much you can cash in, how much uh, other people may want that piece of property that you have, or whatever thing is, some things are not for sale. Ahab wanted to buy the land and plow under the, 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 grape, uh, the grapevines directly or indirectly. If, if, uh, if Naboth's answer was yes or no, he needed to accept that. But Ahab's offer was going to erase uh, everything Naboth's father had worked so hard to give him. And you know what? The man was not willing to do that. It was not because of the, of the piece of land. It was because it meant something to him. You follow that? It, it belonged to his forefathers, and he wanted to keep going to his children. It was a priceless thing. So I wonder why he said no. So get this. We are going to receive a lot, a lot of uh, offers in your life. You're going to have to receive a lot, of, a lot of offers in your lifetime. For the, for the guy who says, if you love me, if you love me, you would. So, so the so-called um, friend who say, oh, come on, every, everybody is doing it. Well, I want to tell you today, I want you to see that everything that looks like opportunity really sometimes isn't it. Let me share a few important principles about this man okay, tonight, okay? You ready? Don't sell out regardless of who does the asking. Don't sell out regardless of who does the asking. Someone, someone who asks you to do anything that violates your conscience or the word of God is not your friend. You follow that? Anybody. When somebody does something to violate your conscience, the answer is no. Okay? Choose the people... Choose the people who, you, who hang with you carefully. Choose the people who will build you up, not people who will use you and destroy you. 1 Corinthians 15.33. Another point is don't sell out just to please the crowd. Don't sell out just to please the crowd. Listen, folks, there are many churches in our country today, in our world today, who are just trying to please everybody. So they're changing anything and everything just to get a man. And the gospel is being watered down gospel. And the Bible is not being taught the way it was. Some passages in the Bible, they don't even they touch it because they're going to offend somebody. Is that what God wants us to do? No, I tell you what. Listen, I might come to church one day and I preach a message. The message is for me. Even, I, even though I'm the preacher. I might come to church someday and the message just feels like it just fits you. And you go like, oh... He was thinking about me when he, when he prepared that message. That's not true. It's what God lays in your heart. You see, you follow that? The, 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 the word of God is the word of God. We have to preach as it is. So, no matter how reasonable the opportunity looks on the surface, take some time to look down the road and wait on the consequences of your decision. Every decision you make have consequences. You agree with that? Now, if you don't agree with me, go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 and keep your finger there on 1 Kings. Let's look at what God says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. And you at home, if you have a Bible, 
or whatever you have, or just, just, let, just go to Galatians chapter 6, verse, verse 7. And look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Look what it says. Be not deceived. Don't, don't deceive yourself, pretty much what it says. God is not, not mocked. For whosoever men soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth of the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Is that God clear? God is very clear. You know, we reap what you, we sow. You know, you know, when we're supposed to say no and we say yes, you know what? We might reap some serious consequences out of that. You know, God wants us to say no and we say no. Okay? So... Some are, uh, some are short-term consequences, of course. Some are lifelong consequences. Some are eternal consequences. All right, so somebody tells you about the Word of God, how to be saved, and your answer is, no, I don't need that. No, I don't need that. No, I'm all set. You know what? That's eternal consequences if you die in that state. Isn't that true? I was talking with filthy Adam today. I was at work, and my brother was next to me, and he's... Uh, He's talking to my brother because my brother had a shirt, you know, a religious shirt on, like with some things on. And he kind of made mockery of him. And he began to witness to him right there. And he began to talk about it. And he says, he says, I don't care about God. I don't care about church. I don't care if I go to hell or not. I look at him. I said, well, if, uh, if you and your all filthiness, I would care not to go to hell because you just don't want to go there. Right. And we talked for a little bit. Then he, I could see, you know what, you know, God put in the heart of men the need for him. Because through that filthiness, through that mockery, my brother looked at me and looked at him. He was convicted. Amen. He was convicted. Because I didn't hold back. I just let him have it. He started. Might as well just go. And he you know, oh, I got to go to work. I said, yeah. If you need someone, come up. <laughs> I was just going at it. I'm telling you. You know what? He, you know, those are opportunities. Like he's making that decision. No. You know what? Be careful with the no's because they might bring eternal consequences to you. If God is calling you, if God is giving the opportunities for you to receive him as Savior, he's trying to give you a free gift of eternal life. And you say no to that. He might reap eternal consequences. So... Never forget that the world, the flesh, and the devil are trying to destroy you and heritage if you're a Christian. Don't forget that. Ask Eve today if she might make a different, a different choice, if she would make a different choice, like she made in Genesis uh, 3. Probably would. Ask David if he might have a, made a different choice in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Ask Judas today if he might have made a different choice when he did sell Jesus to be crucified. They probably would. You see, any me and you, don't we have made choices that we have, we have regretted? Yes, sir. I think all of us uh, can say like this, yes, even me. Yeah. I mean, if you look back in our lifetime, we, we made choices that are like, ooh. We're looking back today like, oh, that was not good. Yeah. You see, if they had their way in life, they would have taken the opportunity, and you know, we us together, us too, to say no to certain things. So number three, let me, let, the point number three is the choice. Look at verse three. And Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid me that I should give thee inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Now, can you imagine that if you were there and you're Naboth and you're telling no to the king? 
Would you say that? He probably had a couple soldiers next to him over there, and he'd just say, I ain't selling you this stuff. You can just go home and pout as much as you want. This answer is no. There's no deal here. Wow. For every offer, every proposal, it is always a choice that you and I, that, 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 I'm sorry, that I, sh- that I should give the, um, oh, I'm sorry. It's a choice that you have the freedom to make. You see, Naboth could have allowed the fear of the king, and especially his wife Jezebel, to make a decision that would go against his own will. But he did not. Think about it. If he sold the property, it was some consequences because all that his fathers worked for, all that memory would be erased. It would stop with Naboth right there. That is the consequences. If he said no to the king, he knew that he probably would die. And that's exactly what happened. See, sometimes we are in the midst of something and we're going to make a choice. And either way, it's going to be consequences. Hard place to be, okay? You see, by the way, many people will call neighbor a fool for not taking advantage of the golden opportunity to make some serious money or better himself within a good and better piece of real estate. Nabot hears the offer and he says, no, he refuses. Now, this man refused, reveals a lot about his character. All right? Let's learn his example. Letter A, we see the word of God. Nabot said in verse 3, the Lord forbid it me. Look what it says there, if you look at verse 3. And the Lord forbid it me. He told Ahab that he could not sell the vineyard because God, God, God had forbidden Forbidden it, and God had said this in Leviticus chapter 25. Actually, let's go to Leviticus chapter 25, and let's look at verse 23, if you go there. Let's look at this. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, and we read a few verses here. Look what it says. The land, like we're already in verse 23, the land should not be sold forever, for the land is what? Mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of, of your possession, he shall grant a redemption for the land. If thy brother be waxing poor and had sold away some of his possessions, and if any of his uh, kin uh, come to redeem it, then shall be he redeem it, that which his brother sold. And you see right here what God says in these verses, all the way down to verse 28. You see, he says, God forbid me. He says, you know what? Ahab, the first thing is, God doesn't want me to sell it to you, so I ain't going to sell it to you. Okay, so the fact, the word of God clearly states that, uh, that the king was forbidden from buying the inheritance uh, of the people. Uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 18, he said, yeah, yeah, no deal. Look, Ezekiel chapter 46, 18. Let's go there. Ezekiel 46, 18. Right there in the Old Testament. Look what it says. Moreover, the prince shall not take of the people's inheritance by oppression to trust them out of their possessions. Is that clear what it says? And he shall give his son's uh, inheritance out of his own possession, that my people be not scattered, every man of his possession. God is very clear here. So, was Naboth right for standing for, for his right? Yes. But Ahab could care less about what God said because Ahab was just a wicked man. He could care less. So please get this. 
your first allegiance I'm sorry, should always be to God. Does God say this? The answer is no. Period. Should we have rock and roll here in the church? The answer is absolutely no. That's it. There's no wavery, no negotiations. You know, maybe, maybe so. It's no. That's it. That's the answer. We can go on and on and on. Should we allow, should we approve and, and go along with abortion people? No. The answer is no. Is that clear? That's what God says in his word. And we can, we can go on and on in many examples. Some things are not for negotiation. The answer is no. Okay? Get this. Some of the people in my generation are selling out today. They are, they are taking the offer of the world, the flesh, and the devil. They are changing their methods. They are, they are watering down God's message. They are leaving the old paths for a new, new way they think will attract the world to them. Listen, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. It's got to be a difference in us. The house of God's got to look different. The house of God should never look like the world. Follow that? Should never look like the world. The house of God should look like the house of God. And some people come say, so, oh, it's too boring there. All right, so go find a place that is not boring. That's the way I put it. You know, because when I come to church, I come excited. I do. You say, that's because you're the pastor. No. I sit in the pew like you did before. You've got to be excited about it. If you love something, it's got to be excited. Here's one, one man to told me at work, like, oh, church is boring. What do you guys do at church? I said, why don't you come and see? You might change your mind. You see, they are leaving the old path for new ways. They think they will attract the world, but there's still a few who still say no. There are a few who still say no. They are still preaching against sin, warning people that are a place called hell. They are still calling sinners to repent and trust Jesus as Savior. They are still standing their ground for the Lord and increasingly in an increasing hostile world. They are doing this so they, they might have something to pass on to the next generation. Let me challenge you to be thankful for the inheritance or inheritance that you have been given. Be thankful for those who faithfully tend the vineyards of the Lord and don't let it go. You should take, take the time to thank, not because I'm here, your pastor, for the preaching of God's word. You should thank your Sunday school teacher for being able to teach the God's word. You should bow down before God today and commit yourself to live before Him in obedience and holiness for the glory of the Lord. You should commit yourself to, take, uh, to taking up the task of laboring in the Father's vineyard of this world. You see, our world is dying and many Christians are now witnessing We just don't care. We just don't care. We don't tell people that Jesus saves anymore. Some do. Some few do. It's easy to sit back and take, but there comes a time when we need to step up and don't give up. 
Let us see, you see, the first one we see on this point is the will. Did I give you the will of the fathers? The word of God, let it be, was the will of the fathers. I don't know if I give you that. <clears throat> um, let us see, we see the word of the king. Naboth looks at Naboth, Ahab, and says, I will never sell what I have, what I have to you. We see this in verse 3. It is... Uh, the word D there is a drips of sarcasm here. Nabot is telling Ahab, you are not worthy to buy any piece, any price of what I have been giving. Because this man knew how wicked Ahab and his wife was. Nabot felt this, this way because Nabot was a wicked man. He, Nabot refused to sell his vineyard to, to a wicked man. And Nabot valued what he had. And he knew that the king would not. He knew that Ahab was not worthy to possess what was been given to him by God. You see, regardless of who wants, uh, wants, you, uh, uh, wants what you have, they are not worthy to take it. Don't sell it if, if it violates your conscience. Someone, someone said, every man has a, his price. That statement applies to everyone. Uh, to everyone comes to the place where they will sell all they have if the price is right. What is your price? What is your price? How much is your purity worth? How much is it? Is that a price tag on? Oh, it's priceless thing. The answer is no. What is your price? Some have sold it cheap. They have been given their purity to a pretty girl or to a, pretty, to a, a handsome man. Uh, because they said, I love you. By the way, purity, I will keep it to my husband. I will keep it to my wife, future husband, future wife, however that goes. Not today. That's, today, there's that out the door. How, mu how much is your conscience worth? What is the price of your conscience? What is the price? Is there a price for your conscience? Well, the answer is no. How many have given the innocence away to the internet? How many Christians are watching pornography today on the internet? How many are doing that? They think nobody knows. It's recorded, my friend. It can't be digged up. So why? Why they, 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 they're putting all these, those impurities in their minds? It's a sad thing that is going on in our world amongst Christian people. A Christian man has no business being on the Internet watching pornography. Period. You say, well, this is old teaching. You're, you're out of line. No, I'm not. Because it will mess up your mind. It has no business. I had a young man in... Our previous church, he came to me and he said, he said, I was not even a pastor at the time. He said, I need your help. I said, well, what kind of help? I had no idea what he was doing. I said, can you put a, a password on my devices? I said, why? I said, uh, I need to put a password because I cannot control myself. I said, sure. I'll put a password on all those devices. Folks, it took about one week. He called me, called me over and over, and I finally answered the phone and said, oh, what do you need? Oh, why don't you answer my phone? I said, because I think I know what you want. 
And he said, why? You need to give me those password, passwords because I, I tried and I, I, I'm desperate. I said, why don't you open the word of God and read it? And let the word, the, the word of the Lord saturate your mind and take those fumes out of your head. Let me repeat that again. A Christian man should not be in the internet watching pornography. They have given their conscience away to the internet, to movies, uh, and all kinds of pornography. How much is your mind worth it? Go to Romans chapter 12. I want you to see something there. Because I don't want you to see the thing. I'm just talking for talking here. God has his ways. And look at Romans chapter 12. It's not even in, in, my, in our study tonight, but the Lord just put that in my heart. Look what Paul says right here. Look what it says. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you are. Present your body what? A living sacrifice. Okay? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is why your reasonable service. And look what it says in verse 2. And be now what? Conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So what God says, get rid of the dirt and put up the good stuff in. What's the good stuff? The word of God. That's the good stuff. You take the impurities out and you put the good things in. For, folks, pornography and I'd say all these nonsense movies that they have on the internet and you can't touch anything. Like That's not clean. It will destroy you. Okay? I love you. That's why I'm telling you this. All right? I don't know what you do in your private life, but are you online? I don't know what you do. But you know what? I love you enough to tell you that. Okay? So, how much is your mind worth? What is the price? Some have sold it for nearly nothing. They have filled it with, with the language and the image of this world. Listen, folks. Let me put it this way. This world has nothing good to offer us. You say, well, it does. No, it does not. I'm not talking about the planet itself. Don't misunderstand me here. I think about the society itself. The, the way it's made, the way it's, we look at it. If, if you look at it from the eyes of the Bible, from the eyes of God, you say, I don't fit here. Listen, when I came to America in 1985, you know my first impression of America? I don't fit here. It was different. The people were different, the language was different, the culture was different. I didn't fit here. It took me a long time to fit here. Actually, I wanted to go home. He said, why don't you go home? Oh, because I didn't go home. <laughs> but you got what I'm saying, right? The next one is how much is your testimony worth? What is your price? Some have sold it at a bargain basement prices. They have sold it to keep a friend. They have sold it, to, sold it to impress others. They have sold it to fit in. Listen, listen, hear me. Don't try to go, don't try to be somebody you're not just for the sake of fitting in. You follow that? Listen, people will like you the way you are or they won't like you at all. You follow that? Because no matter where you go, someone would hate you. Someone don't like you, and someone would love you. Don't matter. We cannot make people like us. Period.
How much is your life worth? Like I said, some have sold it, sold it for nothing. Some made stupid decisions when they were young. They hunt them for the, to the grave. Don't sell your life to a cheap, sinful thrill. Don't sell your life for a few moments of pleasure. Don't give away your life and poison your years so that you can't be used of the Lord. How much is your soul worth? How much is soul worth? What is the price? Some have sold their, their soul to perishable things. Some have treated, uh, 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 traded eternity for sex, drugs, alcohol, pleasures, bad friends. That they think or they thought that loved them. By the millions, people have said, I like this world, the things of this world. I don't care about God. And today they're in hell, crying out, screaming in eternal pain. You say, well, that's not true. Well, then you need to read your Bible. Because Jesus spoke quite a bit of it. The only thing you have of eternal value is your soul. Nothing in this world is worth losing that. I remember one time uh, a rich woman that died and she wanted to be buried in her Cadillac. So they put her in a Cadillac like she was driving and buried her in the ground because she said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to drive my Cadillac. Foolishness. Foolishness. She's driving her Cadillac all right. You know what? Why don't accept the true, simple word of God? Why not? Salvation is full and free. Why do people say no to God? I conclude with this. I wish I could tell you that Naboth's story had a happy ending because he said, or the answer he said was no, and refused to seal the vineyard. He paid a high price. Naboth's uh, wife Jezebel had him arrested on false charges, and nobody, and Naboth was stoned to death. Verse 13 there. I really do wish the story ended in a happy one, but it's not. So, of course, the Bible always tells, tells us the truth, doesn't it? And, you know, not like, you know, we watch a movie and always have an, uh, uh, ends in a happy ending. You know what? Uh, the reality of life sometimes it doesn't end in a happy ending. If you refuse to take the deal offered by those who would take what you have, you can't expect to suffer because of it. See this in 2 Timothy 3.12. You might find yourself ostracized by the crowd. You might find yourself uh, made fun of if you stand up for what is true. You might be laughed at. You miss out on a few of the experience others around you have having because you're just not cool. You just don't fit in with them. You see, when all this happened, God sent the prophet Elijah to comfort uh, uh, Ahab kids. Let me put it this way. You know how many times in the workplace I pass by, not because I'm curious, I'm at work and these, these guys are getting together and they would say little to me, you don't fit here. Then I know that something is not good what's going on there. I'm like, what are you talking, these guys talking about? Oh, you, you, you're too holy for this. No, I fool you. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Of course it hurts. You're human. <laughs> You're human. You feel left out. So, and then I learned to like, like you know, I know these guys are up to no good. And that's true, up to no good. 
One guy came to me. I mean, I know this for a fact now because I didn't know. One woman came to me and goes, hey, today is uh, Thirsty Thursday. You want to come with us? I'm like, excuse me, what is Thirsty Thursday? And he goes, oh, you're too holy. You don't know what it is? I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Can you explain to me? I mean, I'm being naive here. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. What is it? So when he explained to me, I said, ah, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. So, who was the winner here? Naboth was the winner. How? In a number of ways. Let me give you a couple. First, he maintained his integrity. He lived and died knowing that he had done the right thing. That knowledge was priceless. Second, Naboth may have died, but he went to be with the Lord. What good, what good is any kind of life that leaves, that leaves this world lost to an eternity in hell? Where does this message find you today? Are you saying no to what is supposed to say no? Or are you saying yes to things that are supposed to say, be said no? You know, the salespeople come to our doors all the time in many ways of life. And I'll be honest with you tonight. If we don't know the word of God, many times we're going to say yes when we're supposed to say no. Do you wonder why every preacher say, says, read your Bible, memorize your Bible, know what God says, because when they come to your door, you can say no. Without hesitation, you say no. It don't matter how much they try, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, when we don't read our Bibles, we don't, now students of the Word of God, we don't know what God says, we say yes when we're supposed to say no. Right. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Help us, Lord, to say no because we know that uh, the answer is no. I pray, Father, help us, all of us, because all kinds of stuff come our way every day. And help us, Lord, to be students of your word, to know your word in a way, Lord, that we can stand for you, Lord, in this world. And we make cho choices that uh, brings blessings, not consequences or painful consequences. Pray for my brothers here and my sisters here. Bless them. Help them to be strong, to be able to say no to things that have to be known. And Lord, for those online, even tonight, if there's someone here that never received Jesus as Savior, may they, may, may they say yes to Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.